welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, Welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today, we're going to visit with Liz Riffle. She's the owner of Riffle Farms American Bison in Terra Alta, West Virginia. Of course, that's in Preston County. But first, a little bit about our mission here at Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their business success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. When we first started this podcast project back in 2017, one of the things we set out to do was to encourage and inspire our listeners with positive business stories from right here in the Mountain State. Today, we've produced more than 200 episodes and Positively West Virginia is now a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of promoting small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. You know, I get to see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every day that a lot of people, quite frankly, never get to hear about. So my team at Interaction Media and Positively West Virginia, we're working to change that with this show, with this podcast, with this movement, so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. They're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here or maybe move here and build a great company, build a a great business or an organization right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out, too. They're not just talking about it. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and, most importantly, their stories. Once again, our guest today is Liz Riffle. She's the owner of Riffle Farms American Bison in Terra Alta, West Virginia. Liz, thank you for being on the show today. Jim, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to learning more about your company. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. As I mentioned, Liz Riffle is the owner of Riffle Farms American Bison, the first commercial bison operation in the state of West Virginia. A registered nurse by trade, Liz has gone from the bedside to the barn side, uh, but health is always at the forefront of her mind, which is why she chose to raise a heart-healthy, super lean bison. Uh, Liz is also a U.S. Navy Nurse Corps, uh, Corps veteran, Nurse Corps veteran. Uh, Liz, thank you for your service. Before I go any further, I really appreciate that, as our audience does too. She's a mom to a 19 month old Jamin and the proud wife of active duty U.S. Navy Nurse Corps Lieutenant Commander Jimmy Riffle from Grafton, West Virginia, I just learned. In addition, Riffle Farms was the first farm business to field harvest animals for state certified commercial sale, which is now her second business, the Honest Carnivore, a West Virginia meat collective. That's uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that, I hope, too, and we can learn about that effort uh, uh, that Liz is undertaking as well. We invited Liz to be on the show today to talk about Riffle Farms, American Bison, to share their story and to give our audience some valuable insight into the company she leads right here in West Virginia. Liz, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that very brief intro I just gave, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your company. Yeah, sure thing, Jim. So um, we started raising bison out here in Terra Alta the summer of 2017. 
we brought our first eight head of animals out there to kind of see what we could do from there. Um, so, but basically the idea started because um, Jimmy is born and raised in Grafton and he really wanted to come back to West Virginia to raise a family. That's awesome. And um, my background historically is actually in horses. So I grew up with horses. I did a lot of horse training, um, even throughout the years, you know, when I was in the military, I took lessons and trained off the track thoroughbreds and did some um, work in different communities, actually around the nation, um, rehabbing some horses. So, mm. so my big thing was, okay, sure. Let's go back to West Virginia and um, let's have a farm because I'd really love to have some horses. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he's like, well, if we're going to fence in, you know, if we're going to put fencing up for horses, why don't we raise something that makes a little bit of money? So that would be nice to do in retirement. So he's got a couple years left until he retires from mm. the Navy. And this is basically our retirement plan. Um, I still don't have horses. <laughs> <laughs> so those are coming though, I think, you know, I still, I still mention it here and there every once in a while. Oh, um, but we now have a healthy herd of about um, 38 animals now. 38 animals. So we've, uh, we had a nice healthy calf crop of eight animals this year. Yeah. yeah. So we have us here. So, and we're all grass fed all the time, grass fed and grass finished. We don't grain feed our animals to fatten them up or anything like that. Awesome. Um, just because also the bison is a different animal. So even if you did feed them grain, they don't fatten up like a cow does. That steak is not going to marble and get, you know, a nice fatty layer in it the mm -hmm. way um, some people like. So it's not worth, you know, really the effort to grain feed them. So Liz, talk, talk a little bit about, um, yeah, you tell me how much more. It, it, talk a little bit about, you know, how you got the bison here to West Virginia, being the first bison farm. How did, how did that go, go down? Was there a permitting process? Did you, did you just throw them in a truck and haul them over here? I mean, I mean I, I'm curious about how you got started. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a process. Um, so, I mean, the state was aware that, you know, we were going to be transferring, to be honest with you, just because where we were getting them from and just regionally as well. There um, aren't a lot of, you know, infectious diseases that the bison would carry. They're tuberculosis free. You know, West Virginia is a tuberculosis free state. And we got our first animals from Ohio, which is also a tuberculosis free state. So there really wasn't a whole lot of permitting, honestly, mm -hmm. that needed to happen to do that, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so we were able to go up to a gentleman up in Ohio and um, purchase animals from him. And it's a farm that I had visited many years back, just when I was doing a lot of the research into the, into the, the industry. Um, so I've been researching the industry since about 2014 and talking wow. to a lot of ranchers, um, a lot of them out West. Obviously that's where a lot of people think, you know, the yeah. majority of the Buffalo roam, which they're, they're true in, in thinking that, but there's quite a few producers in the East as well. So awesome. we did lots of different farm visits and the gentleman up in Ohio, um, was just super helpful. And he had a lot of animals that were also grass fed and grass finished. And so we felt comfortable purchasing animals from him first. And we did, we went, down there with just a livestock trailer, your typical cattle trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, we bought a bunch of two-year-old animals. So they were young, they're smaller. You know, they were definitely, you know, only about like maybe 500 pounds a piece, um, a little bit more manageable. 
still very nervous around you. So, you know, we didn't have any animals that were acting all bullish or anything like that. So that was a little bit easier, but we did, we loaded up a trailer with eight animals and um, gosh, I'll never forget though, on our way up there, I was so excited and we're, we're ready. We've got this truck, we've got this big trailer. We're making this huge truck and the trailer gets a flat tire. Oh no. So we have to fix that <laughs> and wait for somebody to help us out with that. And then we had truck engine problems on the way up there too. Oh, no. And so we didn't get up to that Ohio bison farm until 4 PM in the afternoon. And we left at like 6 AM. Welcome to farming. That, <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. It was like baptism by fire. Exactly. What it was. So we didn't get the animals back to our farm until midnight that night oh, we unloaded goodness. the trailer oh my so it was like all right welcome you have now arrived to being a farmer <laughs> yeah that, that, that's <laughs> so, awesome that's awesome um so to, yeah, Liz, yeah i always like to ask people you know about this point in the show to give us your 30 second pitch for uh, riffle farms american bison in other words what is it that you say uh what, that you tell people that you do yeah definitely so um, bison, which is also the same thing as buffalo, because a lot of people are confused by the two of them. Um, buffalo is just the nickname for bison. But the reason why we chose to raise bison is because it's a heart-healthy meat and it's super lean. So it actually has less fat in it than chicken, more protein in it than salmon, and more omega-3 fatty acids than even grass-fed beef. Hmm. And that's why we have these animals, because I love a good steak, and I don't feel bad eating bison steak almost every day of the week. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. You, well, you've got that down for sure. And uh, just a couple of years in business, you got it down. So how? So tell us a little bit about you know what what it is what is it that you sell? Do you does somebody come and buy like a a quarter of a bison, or do you do you buy it by the pound? Talk a little bit about how people buy your product. They can buy our product in many different ways. So we do steaks. You can buy individual steaks, but you can also buy a quarter bison if you want to do that. So we try and really give folks all kinds of options to get that meat into their freezers. Yeah. So no. talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned the, the, the benefits of bison in terms of the low fat, uh, protein mm -hmm. content. How does it taste? I've never had bison that I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's fabulous. Obviously I'm a little partial, but, yeah. um, so instead of that fatty taste that beef has, um, it has a sweet finish to it, almost like a hazelnutty flavor. Mm. So it's all, it's good, clean red meat. It's still, you know, got some juice to it, but it's got a sweet finish instead of like that fatty, like, I guess I would say beef is kind of like that fatty, almost buttery taste. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so, or, yeah. so people buy it from your website or can they buy it at local stores, farmers market? Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So we've been playing around with a few different options here over the past few years. Um, at first, we were just doing it at farmer's markets, and we're actually at the Morgantown Farmer's Market every Saturday. So you can definitely get meat from us there, or we can pre-order and we'll bring something specific to you. Especially if you want like a large order, or if you want to pick up your quarter bison there, you know, we can definitely do that. Yeah. Um, so we do have an online presence now, ever since actually um, COVID last year, it kind of required us to have more of an online presence that folks could pre-order and then we could drop meat at certain places. So we still do use the online um, store and you can definitely see what we have in stock and what types of cuts that we have. Um, but we still require you to either come up to the farm to grab that meat or meet us at a farmer's market to grab that meat because I don't ship it. 
So I'm a little bit too small of a operation to make that cost effective for us. So we don't ship, but you can come get it. Yeah, so, that, that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about your farm, never being, uh, never have been there. Uh, talk a little bit about how, you know, how many acres is it? What, what do you guys, what do you guys uh, do up there? Do you have tours and that kind of thing or? Yeah, we do. We do all kinds of different events now. So we're really starting to get into like the agritourism piece yeah. of um, the business. So, I mean, most people haven't seen a bison before. And so we recognize that and they're like, oh my gosh, can I bring the kids? You know, or like my husband would love to see that. So we try and bring folks up, you know, and like, yeah, heck, come on, come on up here. Come see these animals. They're really, really cool. We have 64 acres of rolling hills up there in Preston County. We're kind of at the top of our own mountain, actually. So the elevation where we are is just over 2,200 feet, um, which is super nice because we were talking about the winters earlier. It gets nice and cool and there's usually a nice breeze blowing. Um, except for one month out of the year, which is this month. <laughs> um, otherwise, it's really it's really nice and cool. The grasses are plentiful, and the springs, you know, oh, yeah. just flow all all year round, which is really really great. And the bison really appreciate that. Yeah. So they don't really want to be hot. So they really love that cooler weather and the nice cool winters too. So, yes. so we have folks come out here and watch these buffalo roaming yeah. in the hills of west virginia That's awesome. so and we you w- just rotate them from grass pasture to grass pasture um and when we do events we do like a full farm tour and you can see the um handling system that we do use for these animals too we do have to do health checks on them and we do that about twice a year yeah um That's cool. and bison are only semi-domesticated so when it comes to putting our hands on them it's a little rowdy Oh, I bet. I bet. So, so I have a, I have a question because uh, I don't know yeah. if this is folklore or if this is truth, but I've heard that uh, in a storm, you know, the bison uh, will actually face the storm and run into the storm. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, super cool. Yeah, on. That's awesome. Uh, I've, yeah, I've always wondered awesome. about that, you know, because I've heard, you know, heard that, uh, heard that said, but I don't, I didn't know if it was true or not. That's super cool. So yeah, Liz, out there in the winter, they're just all sitting there with it snowing right in their faces. Oh, not a problem. I bet that's awesome. It, it would make a good photograph. What would you say is the thing you're most excited about for Riffle Farms American Bison right now, Liz? Yeah, just increasing our tourism options. Yeah. So we just started offering camping in RVs really? um, up at the farm. We're the only place where you can camp for the Buffalo Realm in West Virginia. Wow. Which is kind of cool because you can get your morning coffee and sit there and watch the bison, you know, roaming the grasses, which is really, really cool. How cool is that? Um, yeah, and then different amazing. farm-to-table events. So we're really trying to do more of those. Um, we kind of had to pull back a little bit last year just because of COVID. But um, we're doing an event here at the end of the month on August 28th, just a kind of a smaller event. And then we're um, doing our annual bison roast again this year, October 9th. So we pick out an animal and put it on a giant spit and roast it, slow roast it in front of the crowd for 20 plus hours. And we have a live band and kegs and it's fun. And we have a local chef do a whole, you know, menu and things like that. So that's been a ton of fun because it's been a ton of fun to get people up here one to see the bison two to have the bison and to try the bison when it's been cooked by somebody professionally Mm. which is really cool because then you really get the true sense of what it's supposed to taste like yeah um 
And then three, just that sense of community and being able to bring in some other farmers too, because obviously for those dinner events, we do other things besides just the bison meat. Um, we do all kinds of different foods and vegetables and different things from around the area that we like to incorporate. And then, you know, local breweries, local bands. It's just a really fun community thing yeah. to just set up and offer. That's awesome. So. And, and you you talk about the agritourism and you talk to the farm, farm to table movements. And here in, in West Virginia, I feel like there's a, a real... Uh, groundswell of that happening. You know, my wife and I get a, a farm share for a local farm here in Morgantown, um, and and it, it's just wonderful knowing where your food comes from, right? It, it, we get that bag every week, every Wednesday, you know, Mountain Harvest yeah. Farm is the name of it in, yeah. in Morgantown. It's like literally a mile a mile from our home, you know, and knowing that that, that ground is, uh, we, you can see the farmers out there working it, you know, and knowing where your food comes from. And I could just imagine the same thing with Riffle Farms where your bison are out there and you, you know, you, you guys take care and you can just tell that there's a passion uh, for what you're doing. You've done research on it. Uh, I think that's awesome. Where, where would you say is the, uh, the, you know, the geographic region that you serve? Cause you're not shipping, uh, are primarily local people then? Is that the, is that the kind of your market? Yeah, it is. It's definitely, it's definitely more of a local market. We do Morgantown. We do also work with a wholesaler who brings our meat to different markets um, throughout the state of West Virginia. So there's a couple, you know, um, co-op type groceries um, that are really committed to their farmers and farm fresh foods around the state where our product is in. It kind of just depends, though, um, throughout the year who has it and things like that. Um, But it's all the way from Morgantown all the way down to Lewisburg. So you can find our bison meat. And then we also, because I actually do a lot of traveling back and forth between here and Virginia Beach, because that's where Jimmy's stationed. So I drop meat all the way out there and all the way back. So we have restaurants and stores in Middleburg, Virginia, in Stanton, Virginia, and then we do a farmer's market in Virginia Beach as well. So we're kind of all over the place. Um, But it's a really cool thing because it's a really niche market and a lot of people haven't had bison. And so it's been a lot of fun to introduce it to an area. And then talk to folks about, oh, well, how do you want to cook this? How are you cooking this tonight? You know, we're um, we're still playing around with bison meat as well. You know, we've been doing this for a few years, but I'm definitely not a grilling or smoking connoisseur. So I love to talk to folks about their different recipes and ways yeah. to do things. So it's been kind of fun. That is, That sounds like a lot of fun. Do you have employees yeah. there on the farm or is it, uh, 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 talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So we're, we're pretty much family run. Um, the only employee I do have is my brother-in-law, Jeremy. Um, he is at the farm 24-7 doing all farm stuff. So he's a diesel mechanic by train. So he's Mr. Tractor. So Yeah, that's good to have. he <laughs> gets all that stuff organized and running and, you know, hauls big loads of hay. And if we do have to haul bison and things like that. So he's up here all the time, making sure those animals are um, okay and that they're fed and that they stay inside the fences. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, so, um, but besides that, it's just me and him primarily, and then Jimmy when Jimmy gets some time. Um, so we're we're basically the three of us are really running the markets and the farm all that, together. That sounds so. sounds sounds like you guys are busy for sure. Have you ever had a uh, have you ever had a, a buffalo or a bison get out of the uh, fence? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's that like? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so it's another nice thing. It was a blessing in disguise that we purchased this property that's on up on top of a mountain because it would take them quite some time before they would get into somebody's front yard or in the road. So that's good for one. But what usually happens is they just pop out of the fence and they just wanted the green grass on the other side um, because it's been a little bit of a learning curve. So sometimes if you miss those cues where the animals are like, hey, I want to go somewhere else. And to be honest with you, fencing is only a deterrent for bison. It's not really? going to keep them in. Yeah. So you have to keep them happy inside the fence. Mm. That's the best way. So if they're not happy, that's when they start messing with things and getting out of the fence is one of those things. Yeah. So typically they will just, you know, eat that grass. They'll, you know, take a wire down. Um, occasionally they'll go through a gate. That's actually, you know, we've had a couple of bison go right through the gates because they, they know that they open and so they'll push and push and then it'll give a little bit and then they'll just kind of go through it. Um, but like I said, they're grass fed and finished, but they do know what grain is because if I have to move them from pasture to pasture or entice them into a different location, we do use grain. And so if you go out there with a bucket of grain and shake that bucket of grain, I'll come right to you. <laughs> That's good to know. Fast. That, 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 so you better be fast yeah. too. Because, <laughs> yeah. No doubt. What does a, uh, what does a full grown um, bison weigh? Yeah. So the females are about 1,000 to 1,200 pounds mm. um, full grown. And then my males are about 2,000. Um, and they can get up to 2,400 pounds, but I haven't had a bull that quite that big. But my big breeder bull right now is right about two thousand pounds. Wow, that's yeah. huge. He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you you mentioned you started with eight bison, and now you mm-hmm. have a, a, a herd of thirty-eight. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Pre- that's pretty awesome. What's yeah. uh, what's the goal there? Is I mean, how many how much um, population can sixty-four acres? you know, uh, you know, whole, yeah. I guess. what's the capacity? There? Right. So we're at about our max for our property. Cool. So to be all grass fed and all grass finished. So we would need to expand to another piece of property, which we already have plans to, and we already own a piece of property in Brewston mills. Um, so it's about 40 minutes North of us <clears throat> that we can fence in if we need to. So the goal is to have about 75 animals. Um, that allows me to harvest about 20 animals a year. And we're on par to almost do that this year. Hmm. Um, so I've had to supplement a couple of those. Um, actually, we'll do about 15 this year. So, but it looks like, well, you know, I'd like to be able to harvest that, you know, 20 a year. And to be able to do that, I need roughly a 75 head herd. Yeah, that's that. very interesting. It sounds like you've got the business yeah. model down. What, uh, Liz, you know, you guys have been doing this since 2017. You started several years before that with your research. What would you say has been your best business moment since you've been in business? Yeah. Um, Opening up the farm to the public has been huge. Yeah. Getting people up here and um, letting them see the bison. And then what we usually do is we do a tour and then I do a cooking demonstration. So because a lot of people aren't going to buy bison if they don't know how to cook it. They're afraid to overcook it. Yeah. Or they're not going to buy anything different than just ground bison, right? Ground bison is super easy. You make burgers, so you can put it in anything. You would normally have ground beef or ground turkey. But a steak, you don't want to mess a steak up, right? And you're exactly. not going to pay good money for a steak that you think you're going to mess up. So getting people up here and doing cooking demonstrations was clutch. That was clutch. That's awesome. So, yeah. And you could tell that uh, you like to share this passion with other people. So that's, that's super cool. And I, you can definitely yeah. hear that coming through on, on the 
flip side of that, what's been your worst business moment? Take us to that place and share that story. Yeah. Oh, worst business moment. I mean, there's like 25 of them. So I to pick the worst, maybe that they just keep happening. So it is what it is. You know, fail, failure is our greatest teacher, to be honest with you. And I, I've had a hard time with that. And I've had a hard time wrapping my head around that. But I always look to the lesson um, that, you know, either mother nature or the business is trying to teach me. So probably the biggest um, mistake or lesson I've learned is growing too fast or too big, too fast. Mm. So we, in our, just, it was like our second year of business. I purchased a herd from Southern West Virginia because an older couple was getting out of the business. Um, and so we were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll take them from you. Not a problem. Um, but it over doubled my herd size and, and I wasn't ready for that. We didn't know how to handle that many animals. We didn't know how to rotate and save pastures and grasses appropriately for that many animals. And, um, I kind of made our farm a dust bowl that, that year. We also, unfortunately, like it was it was like the trifecta we also didn't have enough water um we were in a drought situation as well so i had too many animals on top of that and i lost a lot of them um because i found out that there are actually two things that will kill bison they're extremely resilient but if you stress them out or if they get parasites which they aren't used to coming from dry western conditions traditionally um, and we're a little bit of a wet area. So parasites will kill them. And um, we learned that the hard way. I lost a significant number of my herd due to that. And oh. um, yeah, the lessons keep going from there, but that was probably one of the biggest that I had to kind of really pull the reins back from. And it was it was horrific. And mm. it was one of those things where I, I was, just inches away from pulling the plug and being like, no, we have no business doing this. This is not okay. I was actually, when a lot of it started, I was 25 weeks pregnant with my little one. And I'm trying to deal with calves that weren't making it and pulling calves up out of the pasture. I mean, 150 pound calves and um, animals that weren't doing well. And I was, uh, I was a complete mess and it was, it was a huge learning curve. It sounds like something I hope to prevent anybody from doing. Liz, it sounds like you have had a little bit of that, uh, imposter syndrome, you know, like I am, why am I trying to be a farmer? I am not meant for this, but, but it sounds like Mm -hmm. you were resilient. You learned a couple of lessons and you, and you've got to figure it out. And that, that, I think that's a a large takeaway for uh, anybody who, is thinking about an entrepreneurial venture, right? A business venture. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds sounds amazing at times, but it's tough. You got to learn, right? You got to learn from your mistakes. I, I love the, uh, the way John Maxwell, the uh, famed leadership guru, says it. He says, "Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn." Right? Yeah. You don't, you don't lose. You just learn, right? And and picking yourself right. back up and, and being resilient, I think, is uh is pretty pretty awesome. Just to hear you say that, I'm sorry to to hear you had to go through that and lost some animals and whatnot. But uh, my goodness, uh, here you are today, and you figured it out, pushed through it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a great lesson, honestly. It yeah. it I learned a lot from that. So, but 
yeah, it's one of those things you just have to look at those failures as teaching moments. Yeah, And I feel like that's the biggest thing in business in general, because there's going to be a lot of them and a lot of them are going to really slap you in the face. Yeah, no doubt. So, no doubt. But being able to kind of overcome them and using them. You know, Liz, I, I can't help but ask, but, you know, you're a, a, a Navy, U.S. Navy Corps Nurse Corps veteran, right? So did your did your military background uh, help prepare some of that for you? In other words, dealing with hardship and being able to overcome that? Yeah, I would think so. I, yes. <laughs> I uh, joined the military when I was 18 oh my. and didn't really have a say in my own life until I was about 26, I think <laughs> it was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, talk about, you know, just going with the flow and grinding it out. You know, I had a healthy dose of that from a yeah. young age. Yeah. Um, which is yep. probably good, but yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Um, yeah, it definitely helps make me a, a, a resilient adult. Well, you're, uh, you're you're fitting in perfectly here in West Virginia because we like to think that we're resilient people too. Yeah. So that's great, and I'm I'm glad you're here. I want to take a second, Liz, just to mention our sponsors for the podcast, Positively West Virginia. They include the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things, the really truly amazing things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today is Liz Riffle. She's the owner of Riffle Farms American Bison, located in Terra Alta, West Virginia, the first bison farm in West Virginia. Liz, I want to get back into it. You talked a little bit about, or in your intro, uh, we mentioned the Honest Carnivore, a West Virginia Meat Collective. Talk a little bit about that. I'm, I'm curious to what that is. If you wouldn't mind, just take us down that path for a few few minutes. Yeah, sure thing. So um, another reason why we got into bison is um, because when I was doing some research and reading a few books about meat and where a meat comes from, um, I learned about factory farming and uh, what happens to those cows and the slaughter facility and the slaughter process and the stress and I was appalled. I was utterly appalled. I mean, like I said, I had horses growing up. I had dogs. I was an animal lover first and foremost, and I couldn't believe that we were eating all of this meat that, you know, from these animals who may not go outside slash may never ever see a, a green blade of grass. Um, they don't know how to take cover. Um, just all kinds of things. And I was really considering becoming a vegetarian. <laughs> I was like, ah, wow. but I'm a carnivore through and through. I really am a carnivore. I love meat. And I really felt like, you know what, I think I need to get into this business and be the change that I want to see in that business. Ooh, yeah, that's great. And yep. another reason we chose bison is because they're considered an exotic animal and they're a non-amenable species according to the USDA, which means that they really don't care about them. There's not enough of them in the nation to really worry about it or heavily regulate it. So they really just aren't worried about it which means that I don't have to have a bunch of certifications to be able to sell my bison meat commercially over state lines and things like that. I do have to have a certification of some sort, but it's not highly regulated. So, which means that you can field harvest the animals, which means that the animal never has to go to a slaughter facility. And there are some wonderful ranches out west that do this and already do this very very well and have been mentors to me throughout the years and i've talked to and read their books and talked to them about their business models and things like that and i wanted to emulate that i wanted to be able to have a 
healthy meat source that could be field harvested and, and the animal never had to see the slaughter facility. Hmm. And so that's where the honest carnivore comes in because not only are we doing that with our meat, but there's a way to do it with everybody's meat. So there are some loopholes um, that are there in the USDA guidelines because the USDA is made for the big factory farmers, the farmers who are doing hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of animals. And if you're not that factory and you're the small farmer, which we are here in West Virginia, there are loopholes for you to be able to also field harvest your animal. And we started it by offering the farmers the option to have their animals used in a butchery class. Because a lot of folks now are very interested in where their meat comes from yeah. and then very interested in where their tenderloin comes from, specifically off of that cow <laughs> or, you know, the shank off of the pig um, and things like that. So we do a class together and have it um, professionally done by a butcher they come in and show us how to cut that meat off of a half a carcass and you also get to take your meat home you also get to talk to the farmer so it's kind of that transparency that true food transparency yeah, yeah. um that we're trying to offer to I that think that's, area i think that's super cool and and, and a very important in, in an age when we live here in america where we don't know where our food is coming from most of the time mm-hmm. we don't know what's in it and I think that's just awesome. I mean, like I mentioned to you, just my wife and I with our uh, produce coming uh, from a local farm, I definitely want to check out uh, Riffle Farms American Bison and, and try to get in hooked up with that. That sounds sounds amazing, and I love uh, what you're doing there. What's the vision that you have for Riffle Farms long term? Yeah, so we'd love to do more farm table dinners, which means that I need a nice venue space at some point um, to continue to do those. And um, so we're thinking about a venue space, um, maybe weddings in the future. And then instead of just camping, I'd love to have cabins. So I think that'd be fun. And it would just make it a little more of a three season, maybe even a four season thing for people to be able to come out and hang out for the Buffalo room. That's cool. I love it. I want it to be a destination is basically what it is. I want you to to come to... West Virginia for the weekend to hang out with the buffalo. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> awesome. I, I I really do. Uh, how many camping spots do you have there? We've got four camping spots and two RV spots right now. How cool is that? I love it. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, What's the secret to attracting new customers? Yeah, that's always tough one. Um, you just got to get out there. I mean, social media is a thing, and that's a bear, and I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I think the consistency piece of social, social media is the ticket there. Um, so consistently, either with Facebook and or Instagram or whatever our platform you're on, just try and keep some type of consistent piece to that. And then the same thing with the emails. And then the farmer's markets. You know, we try to get out there different places and um talk to the locals who are coming through because the farmer's market's an experience people are coming there to shop but they're also coming to talk and to chat and just for the experience and bring their kids out so um i feel like that's been a great way to meet folks and then usually if i can catch somebody at a farmer's market and be like hey you want to come up for the tour next weekend they usually bring friends with them and so that's kind of where it just spiders from there which is good yeah i think that's that's awesome what's one of the biggest challenges you face in your business yeah, that we don't ship. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. You know, I just, the other thing though, too, is I've just been back and forth about our business model and if that's smart for us because it's expensive to ship a perishable item, especially yeah. nowadays. 
on dry ice or second day shipping. I mean, I tried to send stuff to my dad in Massachusetts. It was going to cost me almost $200 to send him 20 pounds of ground meat. Yeah. And that just is not sustainable for us. And I'm yeah. not that big of a bison producer to be able to make that worth my time. And yeah. there are people out West who do it. And I've got some friends who do it out West and they do a great job. So if, if people want bison meat shipped, there are other ranches out West that do a very good job with that. And there are some of my colleagues who I look up to, and to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not really looking to compete with them. That's not really, I feel like my calling, they already do that. They already do that very, very well. And I feel like we want to stay regional and we really want to pick up on the agritourism piece of things and not necessarily compete nationally by trying to ship things around. I just don't think that that's our business model. Yeah, that's awesome. It's smart. What's one piece of advice, Liz, that you would give to young people listening to this, uh, thinking about starting a company or maybe a farm? What's one piece of advice you would give them? Um, If it's a farm specifically, I highly recommend going to visit other farms Hmm. and talking to the farmers and asking the questions when you're there with them and can walk around with them. I love doing pasture walks and I feel like, I mean, that for me is something I do almost daily on our farm. And I feel like that's where I learned a lot from other farmers doing those walks with them, looking at their animals and their space and asking questions. And Mm. that has been super helpful. I love that. I I, I like to talk about it as being in proximity with people that are actually doing the work that you want to do. Right. And so I think that's, that's very wise. Uh, What's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success? Probably those pasture walks, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, but there are some days that I'm not here, so I can't do that. Um, so those days, that's really where I try to hit the hit the ground running in regards to like the social media mm. thing. Yeah. Um, it's really been a big thing for our business. So getting awesome. out on that. But I, I think the pasture walks is number one. If I yeah. could do those every day, when I, when we get to be here and Jimmy retires and we're here full time. Every single day. That's how I like to start my morning, honestly. Awesome. You know, awesome. take inventory of everything. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, there's a, a, a management style that, uh, that one of my mentors used to talk about all the time. It was called management by walking around and, uh, you know, observing, right? And just, I think that's what you're <laughs> describing in the pasture walk. I love that. What's yeah. one book or even a podcast potentially that you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. Um, so Charlotte Smith is one of my favorite podcasts specifically for farm businesses. Um, it's, um, oh goodness. Now I'm drawing a blank on it, but it's farming for profit. Yeah. Charlotte Smith. Yeah. We'll make sure. And she has a book out as well. Just as it's a short book, but it's really good. Yeah. And, um, those have been really, really great, but the other book that I really love, and this is very specific to Bison, but really helped me out to start things, was Broken Hearted Ranch by Dan O'Brien. And he is the owner of Wild Idea Bison out in the Dakotas and is one of the regenerative bison ranchers um, to emulate. He's like my hero. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, uh, we have a, a resources page 
on our PositivelyWV.com website where we have all the books that have ever been recommended since we've been doing this and since 2017. So we'll make sure we get that uh, both of those up, Charlotte Smith's podcast and Broken, Broken Hearted Ranch. So we'll make sure we, yeah. get, we get those up there uh, so folks mm-hmm. can check those out as well. We've covered a lot yeah. in this interview. Liz, is there something or anything else that our listeners should know about you or your story? Yeah, man. I, Jim, I think we... <laughs> we covered yeah. a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> we did, yeah. It's awesome. Good. In closing, uh, mm-hmm. then, Liz, how, how can our listeners learn more about Riffle Farms, American Bison, and perhaps even get in contact with you? Yes, definitely. So check out our website. It's a great starting place, which is www.rifflefarms.com. Um, and we're on Instagram and we're also on Facebook. So it's just Riffle Farms Bison on both of those. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make yeah, sure that, uh, that we have links to those in the show notes and all this, uh, all, you know, the contact information there for you guys and encourage people, you know, if you're if you're in Preston County, uh in this this area of the of the state, make sure you uh, yeah. check out Riffle Farms American Bison. I think it's super cool that you guys are the first bison farm in West Virginia, and I love yeah. the 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 philosophy you have in your whole team, your brother in law, your husband, you, your son. <laughs> and how old is he? Nineteen Jay- months. Jamin. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. sounds like he's going to have a great place to grow up. I, I can tell you that right now. So that's that's super cool. Yeah. Liz, it's been an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you again f- for your and your husband's military service. We're grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what you're doing is amazing. And uh, I can't wait to sink my teeth into a, a bison steak here soon. Uh, and I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks, Jim. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's fun. Absolutely. We've been having fun with it. I you can know, tell. We just want folks to enjoy it as well. Absolutely. Folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like my new friend, Liz Riffle, uh, owner of Riffle Farms American Bison, Our hope is that we in some way equipped and inspired you with this business success story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website at PositivelyWV.com. And of course, we appreciate your comments, encouragement, reviews, and all that stuff on social media as well. And please continue to share these stories on your social media channels as well. And be sure to check out our weekly show, the Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind, every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon, where we bring a panel of business experts from around the state live each week to help small business leaders win. If you want to catch up on the video versions of our Positively West Virginia shows or our Small Business Masterminds, you can visit our YouTube channel where we have compiled highlights of each week's episodes and a link to that channel will be on this episode's post as well. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of advancing small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, as well as our Interaction Media team, including our producer today, Mr. Eric Tomlinson, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 